0: Welcome to another edition of the Dave Pash podcast. I'm your host, Dave Pash, Arizona Cardinals and ESPN play-by-play announcer. Through 12 games, the best team in the NFL is the Arizona Cardinals at 10 and 2. So why not talk to somebody that has nothing to do with the Cardinals and nothing to do with football to get his perspective, or at least try to get his perspective on what's going on with the Cardinals and the NFL in 2021. My guest today is Hall of Famer Bill Walton.
1: Football! Omaha! 17, shift left.
0: I've worked with Bill at ESPN for over 15 years. My first time working with Bill was in 2006 on the NBA. I was just happy as a young guy to be doing national NBA broadcasts. Bill being one of the greatest college basketball players of all time and one of the top 50 NBA players of all time and a legendary broadcaster who had done many NBA finals. I was just happy to be there. So we're doing a game in Chicago. LeBron James is playing for the Cavaliers. LeBron takes his headband off, throws it towards the stands, and Bill starts to yell on the air that that's a technical foul. And he goes off for about two minutes. And I don't stop him. I let him go, because I'm afraid. I'm like, should I step in? And le- It's Bill Walton. I'm doing an NBA game. I'm happy just to be here. I'm just going to let him go. The next day, I get a call from Mike Tarico. Mike had been Bill's partner that season, and I had filled in on seven or eight games with Bill. And Mike said a handful of words to me that stuck with me and played a big part in what would happen in 2012. He said to me, and this is again in 2006, 2007, you have to stop him. (laughs) In other words, that's your job to cut him off and to redirect him back to the game. So five years later, ESPN gets the Pac-12 contract, which is a great thing because I've been doing Big East. And while I love the Big East, I've been traveling East a lot. Now I have an opportunity to do games close to home. And ESPN was hiring Bill Walton back. He had been off the air for a couple of years. So I'm reunited with Bill. And those words that Tarico told me, you have to stop him, they stuck with me. I employed those words on the air. And here we are 10 years later still working together. And you're probably listening to this, and you're either or you're not in between. Either you absolutely hate the broadcasts, or you absolutely love them. If you hate them, I'm terribly sorry. If you love them, thank you. Keep watching. We're back for year number 10 starting December 22nd with Kansas against Colorado. As for this podcast, I, I tried. But as you're about to hear, it's very difficult. I love football. Bill will talk about his love of football when it started. And he'll talk about his brother, the late Bruce Walton, who played at UCLA and then played for the Dallas Cowboys. In fact, Bill and Bruce are the only brother tandem to play in a Super Bowl and an NBA Finals. Very few people know that. Bill will talk about that. You'll also hear a story about Will Chamberlain throwing a football on a beach and how far he threw it. Plus, Bill will get into all the players that he's known over the years and what he plans to do in Boulder when we reunite uh, for year 10 here in a couple weeks. All right, we are presented by BetMGM, the official sports betting partner of the Arizona Cardinals and Gila River Hotels and Casinos. Sign up for BetMGM today using code CARDS1000 and get your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. New customer offer, paid and free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 and over, Arizona only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred. Next step. So here we go. Buckle your seatbelts. It's mostly Bill. Very little of me on this edition of the Dave Pash Podcast. So first of all, did you play football at all growing football.
1: up? Football, yeah, man. Here we go. I love football, and here I was little Billy with his red hair and his big nose and his freckles and his speech impediment. Oh my gosh. In San Diego, eight years old, 1960. I followed my older brother, Bruce, as I did most of my life. And here he was going to football practice. And we had this most remarkable coach. His name was Rocky and he was our town's fireman. And he had three children. We all went to the same school. And he saw a need. And that was for athletics and sports and group activities in the afternoon. So he volunteered at our elementary school in East San Diego at 56th Street and El Cajon Boulevard for 59 years of his life. And he taught us Everything, including football, Omaha, Cincinnati, shift left, 32, 17. Let's go. Okay. uh... Hold on. I have something to say here and it was absolutely incredible because Bruce, who was so fantastic in my life, he played the entire offensive line and everybody else was a wide receiver or a running back because he was so big and so good and we'd be in the huddle and the quarterback was trying to figure something out and the quarterback would be looking at the sideline at Rocky and Bruce would just lean right in the huddle and he would just mumble, follow me. And then we would just give the ball to anybody and they would just follow Bruce all the way down. He would just knock the entire team off. And then I had this remarkable experience because The next year, well, first of all, I won my first championship in any group sports situation the very next year when I was in fifth grade. And we won the the championship in football, and it was played at USD uh, in the current... uh, a football stadium there where the football team plays still and the soccer teams play and they have graduation and it's just a magnificent facility and, and we had access to that field in the stadium for the championship and, and yes we won and then shortly thereafter in 1961 the Los Angeles Chargers of the AFL owned by Baron Hilton he decided he didn't want to compete with the Rams anymore and so he brought his team to San Diego And they chose as their practice facility a public park, Sunset Park, which was a half mile, three quarters of a mile from our family home. And every day I would get on my bike, I'd get on my skateboard and ride through the canyon, up the hill and through the mountains and and over the woods and all the stuff to get there. And then I would just cling on the fence. And I would just watch all these incredible legends. The quarterbacks were Tobin wrote John Hadle, and Jack Kemp. The running backs were Paul Lowe and Keith Lincoln. The receivers were Lance Allworth and Gary Garrison. Ron Mix anchored the offensive line. On defense, they had Ernie Ladd. They had Earl Faison. They had Chuck Allen. Sid Gilman was the coach, man. And I fell in love on the radio with the San Diego Chargers of the AFL, man. And they had a league, oh, my gosh, in the early days with the Raiders and the Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs in the West. And then they had the Jets and the Patriots and the Buffalo Bills and the Oilers down now in the East. And then they added quickly Miami and Cincinnati. Omaha, Cincinnati, St. Paul, shift. let's go, 32 left, hut, hut. Then it was just absolutely incredible, and so every day they would come by the fence, all the players as they're coming out of their makeshift locker room, which was probably just their cars or the public restroom, and they would come out, and they would come out of the weight room, which was basically they had taken broom handles, and then they would take in coffee cans and poured cement into the coffee cans, and then jammed the broom handles into these coffee cans on both ends, and that was their weight training. But these guys were so good, and they played their games on the weekends on Sundays down in Balboa Stadium, which is at the south end of Balboa Park. Imagine that, Balboa Stadium and Balboa Park. What a harmonic convergence of the highest order. What a coincidence. And so I would ride my bike down there, and I would get into the I never had trouble in my life ever getting into things for free. I didn't didn't have any money. And so (laughs) I would get in and I would just roam the stadium and just meet everybody. Couldn't talk at all, but I was having such a fun time And the games were so absolutely fantastic. It was just an incredible amount of fun and excitement and all the players, they were just so nice to me. I mean, Sid Gilman was the coach and he'd come by and rub my little red head hair and all the other players would come by and say, hey, man, what are you doing? And I'm 11 years old and 9, uh, uh, nine, ten, And it was just absolutely fantastic. And, and and I remember all the different coaches from those early days in the AFL, Hank Stram and Lou Saban, Al Davis. Oh, my gosh. Bill Walsh, Chuck Knoll, John Madden. It was a phenomenal situation for a little young boy to just be inspired. And I fell in love with football. I was a radio guy. We grew up without a television. So I had the radio and I had all these remarkable voices in my ear. Now, I I thought it was just me until I was talking to other people. (laughs) And then they would say the same thing. But when I had Ray Scott, when I had Charlie Jones, when I had Kurt Gowdy, ultimately Dick Enberg and Brent Musburger, Jack Buck and Hank Stram and Howard Costell and Don Meredith and all these... Lindsey Nelson and Chris Shankel, Dick Stockton, Pat Summerall, John Madden, and Vern Lundquist—all these people that over the course of my life I got to meet and work with—and it was just such a dream come true because their ability to create the scene, to be able to paint the picture, the canvas that enabled us on the radio to see what was going on, to hear it, but most importantly, it was feeling it. And when they described the situation, when Dan Pastorini for the Houston Oilers, a graduate of Santa Clara University, when Dan Pastorini was carried off the field four different times in the same game, and then he came back after the fourth time and won the game, I was just hooked forever. You know, it's it's much
0: easier, it's well, much easier for a play-by-play guy to call the game when the analyst isn't talking. But you've gone five uh, minutes. I haven't even asked a question yet. I don't five I don't minutes. need a question, man. <laughs> invited no, no, here. Here. no. You brought up here. Bruce. Oh, you brought up Bruce, and not many people realize that you are the only brother tandem to play in a Super Bowl and an NBA Finals. Your brother played for the Cowboys. Well, you're trying to rush me. I was <laughs> going to get there. All right, Please. go ahead then. Go ahead. Okay, and so now I'm living wait, wait, wait. this.
1: I'm living this AFL dream. And then the NFL comes into my life with the Packers and the Cowboys from the 60s. Oh my gosh. Now I have no idea how old you are. Are you a dinosaur? I mean, you still like coal and that kind of stuff. But uh, anyway, <laughs> so Vince Lombardi on the sideline for the Packers. And then is you this got, a
0: history of the NFL or a history of the, got, the
1: Cowboys? Ultimately, you get Tom Landry with his administrative team of Tech Schramm and Gil Brandt, all these guys that I came to know over the course of my life. But I fell in love with the Packers, with Jerry Kramer and Bart Starr and Bart Paul Horning and Max McGee and Ray Nitschke. Oh my gosh, Jim Taylor, Herb Adderley, Willie Davis, Forrest Gregg, Henry Jordan, Willie Wood, all these players. And I got to meet them all over the course of my life and, and, and to see how they played the performance levels of their of their championship style, the culture that Lombardi had had created there and, and all the different things that were going on. And by this time, now I'm sort of moving towards high school. And now in high school. My coach Rocky, he said, "Now Billy, when you get to high school, enough of this football stuff. Let's try some other sports." <laughs> and so, how tall were you at this point? Oh, I'm probably I'm probably about six five. I don't know. <laughs> no, I was as a freshman in high school, I was five uh, eleven when I started, and then uh, quickly, you grew I quickly grew a foot. I grew a foot, yeah, in the next couple of years, and it was just absolutely fantastic. So I get to this really. Terrific high school, Helix High School. Bruce is a star on the team. And we're in the Grossmont League. And every year at the start of the season, San Diego State, which is just one mile from our family home, uh, they would have in their football stadium on campus, which was called Aztec Bowl, which is now called the Viejas Arena, the basketball Temple and Mecca, absolutely beautiful, beautiful basketball arena. But they played football in that ravine, in that canyon. And at the start of every season, all eight teams would show up at Aztec Bowl, at at, at the Grossmont League, would show up there, all eight teams, all eight bands, the cheerleaders from all eight teams, and they would have a draw, and everybody would play one quarter against another team. And it was just the most incredible and fantastic event. And we would go and have so much fun all the time. But while we were there, we start learning about the San Diego State Aztec football team, which is now being coached by Don Coriel one of the absolute geniuses and legends. And he has coaches on his staff, like Joe Gibbs, Al Davis, and he has got players like Haven Moses, Gary Garrison, Fred Dreyer, and one of the guys from the Grossmont League, Brian Seip. And so it's just an absolutely spectacular moment. And, And shortly thereafter, Marcus Allen is coming up right through the ranks of East San Diego. And I got to see him play in high school football. And it was just such a a, a spectacular experience for this young guy, little Billy, whose parents had no interest in sports. But I found sports and I found hope, opportunity and purpose. And then it was absolutely great because Bruce was on his way to UCLA. And I was following him, although Coach Wooden was very concerned as to how they were going to be able to feed the both of us. Because when Coach <laughs> Wooden came to dinner, he was he was astounded by the amount of food that my mom, Gloria, who still lives at 94 in the same house that we all grew up in. She'd been there for 69 years. She, she would put this immense plate of food on the table. And Coach Wooden thought to himself – Oh, this is very nice. And then he realized that that was for Bruce. And what were the rest <laughs> of us going to eat? So I've Bruce seen had, you
0: eat. You can hold your own. <laughs> so Bruce comes
1: in uh, you know, to UCLA. And this is on the heels of Gary Beeman, the Heisman Trophy winner, who's a fantastic friend, an incredible human being. And the coaches that Bruce had when he was at UCLA, Tommy Prothero, Pepper Rogers, Dick Vermeule, Terry Donahue. And just an overwhelming roster of genius and compassion and humanity and inspiration and knowledge. And so across town, they had USC with John McKay and everybody on his team was going to the NFL every year. Just absolutely spectacular teams winning the Heisman Trophies all the time. Up at Oregon, they had Dan Fouts. They had Ahmad Rashad. At Stanford, they had Jim Plunkett soon to be followed by John Elway. And then up in University of Washington, we call that UW, was Sonny Sixkiller. And all these guys are still great friends of mine. And, and, and the only reason I got to meet any of them was because of my brother, Bruce, who was an All-America football player, who was academic All-America, and he was the perfect big brother. And he always, always looked out for me. And then during the course of our time at UCLA, the Los Angeles Rams, oh my gosh. I mean, they had the fearsome foursome at the time. They had Rosie Greer, Lamar Lundy, Merlin Olsen, Deacon Jones, soon to be added to the Jack Youngblood, Fred Dreyer, Uh, you know, and then they had, and their rivals in the West out here, I I don't know where you grew up, was that Mars? Anyway, the purple Peter people leaders up in Minnesota, yo, Omaha, Hot
0: shift. Thirty-seven hold on. left. Hold, hold Alan on. Page, Carl Eller, <laughs> Jim Marshall, Gary Larson, and There's then no Bud Grant. There's no game for me to stop you and distract but, you. This is, Grant, this is a bad. I should not have done this. You invited this me as a to be guest here.
1: You invited me as a guest. You don't have to air this if you don't like it. But Bud Grant was standing there on the sidelines, and it would be hundred degrees, and Bud, Bud would not wear a jacket.
0: Because he, he played in a, the NBA and he played in the NBA and the NFL. I think he might be the only guy to play in both. I don't know that. Yeah. He I just saw him on the, the sidelines
1: NFL. in the footballs outdoors in Minnesota in the middle of winter with no jacket on and just standing there saying, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're here to play. How about you? But all this time, you know, following the Chargers and all the different great players that they had and then the rivalries that would come in because – when the Raiders would come into town, man, that that was just over the top, incredible. Because oh, in my life, I became a, a, a huge Raider fan and an incredible, uh, the incredible good fortune I had
0: to spend so much time with Al Davis. How much so, football do you watch now? Do you watch a lot of football? And have you watched the Cardinals? I'm, all the watch, I'm getting there, please. All right, all right, please. I'm trying to get there. But to learn there quicker, to, to,
1: you told me we had 45
0: minutes, man. Yeah, there were gonna be some questions in there. We're not no, going to just why? Go why I'm telling
1: a story. <laughs> Football, Omaha, Phoenix, Baja, Mexicali, shift, 37 left. You go deep. I'll throw it to you. And then so and the Raiders. I mean, the, the culture that they have with Art Shell and Gene Upshaw and Gene Otto and Ken Stabler, ultimately Marcus Allen, Howie Long, Jim Plunkett, uh, Willie Brown, Jack Tatum, Ta- Ted Hendrickson. You don't have to Western list the Navy. roster.
0: We we what? know. We know who they are. You don't have to list the roster. We know well, who they are. are my friends. Uh, I'm only talking okay. about
1: my friends. You're talking you to you talk know. about football, right? Yeah. Phil Villapiano, Dave Casper, Matuzak, Lyle Alzado, <laughs> Ray Guy, George Blanda. Did you ever see Ray
0: forty? You were friends with Ray Guy? I didn't think that you, consult, that you would ha- have friendships with a kicker or a punter based Why, on your I love history. Those guys. Because you were a fighter. I'm you, a team you guy. Like, yeah, I, yeah, but I, you're a fighter. You like to fight I, and be I'm physical. Team, and I like the push line of
1: scrimmage. <laughs> I like the line of scrimmage. And then as the Raiders were. Just fantastic. The Raiders, the Cowboys, the Steelers, the 49ers, the Giants, the Redskins. Because it was absolutely spectacular here to be able to go and see the Steelers come alive. Because Art Rooney, Art Rooney and Chuck Knoll, man, that they're as fine the guys as you'll ever come across. And then Terry, all of those guys, Terry, Franco, Rocky Blyer, Mel Blunt, Joe Green, Jack Ham, Jack Lambert. Stalworth, swan mike webster lc greenwood
0: this it is was, 40 years ago most of our listeners don't remember that and weren't alive let's let's well, why don't you me. have them be the guest then? you <laughs> ask me. look why do you ask me to be a guest and then tell
1: me what to talk about what kind of host is that you didn't talk about the cowboys in the 70s man they played five super bowls in
0: the 70s Roger. your brother How, and what about bruce tell me about bruce which, so which bruce, super Bowl was he bruce goes
1: on and he plays for the cowboys And that's how I know all of those guys. Roger, Bob Hayes, Bob Lilly, Drew Pearson, Mel Renfro, Randy White, Too Tall Jones, Rayfield Wright, Gil Brandt, Ram Don Meredith, Leroy Jordan, and Tony Dorsett. Now, now, in that time when Tom Landry was the coach, Tom Landry and John Wooden became very, very close friends for lots of reasons. Uh, Not to be discounted was the fact that the Cowboys would have their preseason training camp in Thousand Oaks, California, just in the San Fernando Valley at Cal Lutheran College, which is coincidentally the same place where John Wooden had his summer basketball camps. And so every day, every day, Coach Wooden and Tom Landry would have lunch together and they would talk. And Coach Landry would be talking about telling stories about how wonderful Bruce was. And Coach Wooden was uh, scratching his chin and saying, boy, that doesn't sound like the one I have. And then then Greg Lee and I would go and we would put on the clinics for Coach Wooden's basketball camps. And then we'd see all the Cowboys all the time. And it was just absolutely super fun. Now, Bruce, his friends, I mean, basically that Entire team on the Cowboys from the 70s—they're all in the Hall of Fame—and they were so supportive of our efforts, particularly in uh, in Portland uh, when the Blazers were fighting for the championships and the Cowboys, the big dudes, man, they would show up. They would show up just to make sure that everything turned out okay when the bullies of the world were trying to ruin everything and just committing crimes against human decency and common sense there. But then the Steelers, I fell in love with the Steelers, man. It just the way they played and, and and their off the field activities and, and just so very, very nice. And then uh, ultimately I went to, uh, I, I moved to Palo Alto and Stanford and Menlo Park when I was injured and couldn't play anymore. And so I was going to law school. I had a new career. And at the same time I was there, In Stanford, John L. Wade is the quarterback at Stanford, and we become friends. I'm in the law school. He's an undergraduate. And then at the same time, the 49ers, they choose as their practice facility, Stanford University. And so they've got Bill Walsh and Eddie DeBartolo, And then they got Joe Montana, Ronnie Lott, Fred Dean, Dave Wilcox, Randy Cross, Jerry Rice, John Taylor. And this is in the in the shadow of John Brody, who was a fantastic friend growing up. And then ultimately they got Steve Young. And so at the same time, this is all happening. Then I'm having all these operations on my feet, and I can't play anything. I can't. I can barely walk. I mean, you know, they were going to cut my foot off. And so is that
0: true? Were they really going to take your foot? when away? I was
1: Having this, I I had this pioneering experimental surgery that had never worked on anybody before. And I had it in 1981, just before I went to Stanford Law School. And I get there, and the boys growing up, Adam, Nate, Luke, and Chris, they're just coming of age and, and, and they're starting to watch these 49ers that who are just playing incredible football every week. And then they want to come over to Stanford Law School so they can go peek down and hang on the fence like I did as a child at Sunset Park. They want to hang on the fence at on Stanford's campus and see all the guys. So we let them. We did that. They did. And everybody could not have been nicer. And so then we're, we're on Louise Street in Menlo Park, a dead end street where we lived. And... The boys, they wanted to play football in the street. and But I, I couldn't stand and I couldn't run. I really couldn't walk at all. So I would bring a chair out into the middle of the street. It was a dead-end street. And I would sit in the chair. And I would organize the game. And I would be the permanent quarterback. I would be the scorekeeper. I'd be the referee. I'd be the commissioner. I was everything all in one. And they would be the receivers and the defenders. And so over time, I got to the point where I could stand up. And then over time, I got to the point where I could walk a little bit. And then one day, I'm back there, and, and I'm standing up, and, and I throw the pass, and one of the children intercepts it. And, Which he's, running, and he's running it back for a touchdown. And all the other children are yelling and screaming, Dad, you're terrible. You're the worst dad <laughs> ever. You're a horrible quarterback. Dad, you're cheating for the other team, Dad. Who was it? You don't you love us, said who it was, was it? one of the four children, Adam, Which eight, Luke, or Chris. I, know, I don't I know remember. In, uh, it was well, you're telling, you
0: remember everything else about this story. but
1: right, that... It was one of the children. And so as I see him running for the touchdown on the interception that I had ill-advisedly thrown, I take off running after him. And for the first time in years, I had been able to run. And everybody stopped. And they looked at Dad. And they said, dad can run, dad can run. And so I, from there, I went ultimately, and I made it back and I got to the Boston Celtics. And then when we got back to Boston, it was all really cool because we had big, big, we had been big Patriots fans, Nick Bonacani and all the guys Plunkett When he was when he was there, Randy Vataha, when he was there, but things had changed and the Patriots weren't any good at the time. And so at that moment, that was when the New York Giants with Lawrence Taylor and Harry Carson were just tearing it up. And so being in Boston, and the Patriots weren't any good, but the Giants were on every week, and it seemed like they played the Washington Redskins every single game. And so we would watch these games, and the children would just be absolutely fascinated because Joe Gibson was a friend, Bobby Bethard, all, all these guys, and then John Riggins and Joe Theismann, Dexter Manley, the Hogs, man, we loved the. I loved the linemen. The guys that just get down and dirty. Joe Jacoby, Mark May, Art Monk, Mark
0: Mosley, the only kicker to ever be MVP. Art Monk was a receiver. I know. I've already
1: transitioned out from the Hogs, please. (laughs) Mark Mosley, Joe Washington, and then Doug Williams, who took uh, the place of uh, Joe Theismann after he got hurt. Sonny Jergensen from the old days. Great friend Billy Kilmer who went to UCLA all these just spectacular human beings. And then I was just going on and, and, and living this dream, this dream of football. Yeah. Mexicali blue, San Antonio, Omaha, shift, left, right, hot, hut, let's go. And then, and then I spent four, four years in the hospital in the late eighties. And then when I got out of the hospital and I, and, and I could no longer play. I could no longer walk or run or anything like that and a huge football fan. But then I made the ill-advised choice to go into television and everything changed because. Why, when Ill-
0: why ill-advised oh. though? Why, why'd you say ill-advised? I don't think I've heard you say that before. But I had yeah. no idea
1: what I was doing and it was the most unlikely career choice
0: ever. Because you were a stutterer when you were a young.
1: stutterer. I got red hair, big nose, freckles, goofy, nerdy looking face. And I'm a deadhead. And so anyway, uh, I, I said, I'm going to go into television. And, so, and I had no idea what I was doing. And uh, I tried it and I tried it and I, I couldn't get anything going. And then uh, I stumbled and struggled and labored my way through it to this point where I've been invited to this show. And I keep getting interrupted by the host who, in, who, who, <laughs> said, would you please come on my show? And now I come on your show and you just destroy me here. So, <laughs> so in, in, in the course of the 32 years since that took place, I have not been able to follow football because one of the things that I love about my job and there's endless things is that no matter how much you do in terms of research, in terms of preparation, in terms of study, in terms of knowledge, in terms of memorization, in terms of trying to learn something that you don't know anything about, it's never enough. And so one of the things that got sacrificed was watching the NFL. I still do watch the Super Bowl and I still do see the guys all around, all the guys that I know, I don't really know uh, too many of the new guys, but and when I say new guys, anybody from 1990
0: on. And do you so, still have the hat I gave you? I gave. I don't know if you remember this. I gave you an NFC West Division Championship championship hat, hat for the Cardinals from 2015. Do you still have the hat? I that had it.
1: I had it, and then Conrad Dobler came over and he ate it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> did he, you did. You know Conrad Dobler? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, former <laughs> Cardinal, obviously. Uh, who else? Yes. That Jim Ray Hart, the Cardinals, Jim Ray Hart, and, and, and all the
1: Cardinals from the baseball teams.
0: And well, that's yeah, different, uh, that's a different sport. I'm talking about football. Cardinals, the same football. Name. Dan did you know Dan? Did you ever yes, work I did. with Dan? Okay. Yes, I did. It's just fantastic. Larry Fitzgerald, you met Larry Fitzgerald. I remember introducing you to Larry Fitzgerald and Michael Bidwell. The team, I was at, at the, at the a, Basketball
1: uh, Hall of Fame. You know, Larry Fitzgerald came and I got to sit next with him. I don't remember you introduced me to him. You've never introduced me to anybody. And uh, you you just seem to, you know, to have something in for me, trying to, you know, elbow me out of the way. I'm just trying to uh, get by out here. But I sat with Larry Fitzgerald uh, when Jim Gray went into the Basketball Hall of Fame. And it was absolutely one of the special moments of my life. I love to meet smart, interesting,
0: curious people. Do you, do you remember when we sat with Richard Sherman during a Stanford game? Do you remember that? You called him Bob Marley. We told him. Oh, he Bob Marley. I remember he no. came to the game. Richard Sherman was on the air with us for two segments. And after the second segment, we told him he was done and he kept the headset on. So we, we just Go talked ahead. to him for an entire half. He was or, having a blast. I think he liked the fact you called him Bob Marley. He couldn't get enough of you.
1: No, that guy's really, really, really good. I, I saw him play after that, man. And he, and he could sing, too. And, and, he, and hair and uh, atmosphere and character I, 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 attributes. I do have
0: to ask you. I do have to ask you about UCLA basketball because obviously Why? last year. because if people UCLA know, football, you-
1: man. They're playing in the Holiday Bowl this year. Let's yes, go. what about at yes, at yes, at Chip, go Chip Park, Kelly?
0: And
1: Lori and I are going to go.
0: Good. What about ba- what about the basketball team? How high are you on this team? Because last year w- they came so close to getting to the championship.
1: This is a football podcast. Please, we talk about everything football, on this: we Mexicali, Omaha, <laughs> Twin Falls, Pocatello, Shift, High Hut.
0: How's, how- you go deep and I'll throw it. <laughs> like. What this. was it like for you what emotionally last year when Gonzaga had the last so- second shot? What was that like oh, for you? Because I saw the video. That's another I show. The- I want to know if it's in this I'll part of this show. Football. Football. I want
1: to talk about Wilt. So one day at the beach, everybody was playing volleyball, having a great time, playing cards, having a great time. And it starts, the conversation shifts to football. And who's says,
0: who's said, everybody? You said everybody's there. Who?
1: Yeah, I mean, all the you cool and,
0: people down at the beach. So in, you you said Wilt. You and Wilt?
1: And, and, so, and so Wilt says, I can throw the football and everybody scoffs. Everybody goes, yeah, right, Wilt. And so Wilt Wilt tells one of the other guys, he says, just go out there, run down the beach, and I'll throw it to you. So the guy runs down the beach. You can barely see him. And Wilt keeps waving him on. Said, further, further. And everybody is just like laughing at Wilt. Wilt steps back one crank of the shoulder there to loosen it up, takes the football and throws it underhand over the guy's head, who's now about 90 yards down. Oh stop. Beach. Come on now. Come on. <laughs> I'm not, I was there. It was <laughs> incredible. Wilt couldn't do anything.
0: <laughs> 90 yards underhand. 90 yards. Oh, in stop. the air underhand. What, what were you <laughs> guys doing on that beach? <laughs> oh, we were having a great time yeah i'm sure uh, you, you might have thought it went 90 yards we you were, we, saw it. Uh, we, were <laughs> yeah.
1: we were amazed it even stayed inside the earth's gravitational
0: force i mean did, did kareem play football at all did I you ever see know him that.
1: i don't know okay. he was from he was from manhattan he's from you know harlem and I, i'm not sure how many football players are coming out of there but uh you know, basketball was his game as far as
0: I know. I'm sure he played. I mean, he's a huge baseball fan. And what about Larry Bird, who just turned sixty five? Did he play football at all? Larry Bird, it's his birthday today. Well, I know, but this isn't airing today. That's why I said I thought I this was a live now. show. No, it's, it's a tape we broadcast. only did live shows. talk different. about misrepresentation. First <laughs> it's a podcast. I broadcast. come on the show, <laughs> I schedule my
1: whole day, and then, and then you just interrupt <laughs> me constantly, and then you tell me what to talk about. I mean, it sounds <laughs> like the other parts of our lives together. Happy birthday, Larry
0: Bird. <laughs> December 21st, by the way, uh, we'll have uh, Kansas and Colorado, year 10. It's hard to believe. Since I had a full head of hair, and it was black hair. 10 years ago, although ah. I actually worked with you in 2006 on NBA. You still claim that never happened, but I do I have know proof. That, I know that. Never, never. <laughs> I do have proof that we actually did it together. Tell me about, tell me, okay. You want to only talk football? Junior sayout. No? So I okay, was. Ju- give me a junior sayout story. Fine.
1: So I was tight end and middle linebacker. And when I, I was a tight end, like Kevin Winslow, I was a middle linebacker like junior who, who played really anywhere junior was like Lawrence Taylor. He's like Dexter Manley. I mean, they did not have a position. They just, they watched the other team come to the line of scrimmage and then they figured out, okay, they're going here. So I'm going to be right there. They're going to have to change the play. Hot! 17 Omaha, <laughs> Mexicali, Dallas, San Antonio. You
0: need, you need to go on the Manning cast. I don't know. Have, yeah. have you been invited yet by Peyton and Eli? I assume you uh, know Peyton. Yeah. Yes, uh,
1: I I, uh, I never get invited anywhere. I got invited on this show, and I'll never be invited back. Be grateful. Ben wrote wrote a song. Wherever he goes, the people all complain. <laughs> and so, uh, but Junior stay out just as fine a human being, and, and we love that guy. I played basketball one time. Uh, this was I, I forget when it was, but it had to have been more than thirty six years ago because I haven't been able to play basketball since then. And uh, it was a it was a charity game, right? And it was a bunch of guys like me against a bunch of NFL players and and, and Junior Seau and Kelvin Winslow and uh, just all these studs were were playing, and uh, it, it was a huge mistake on my part because <laughs> these guys were just out of control. I mean, it's basically like playing against artist Gilmore with no referee.
0: <laughs> but, you just but, got but, clobbered, is what you're saying? The, well, <laughs>
1: you know. <laughs> Look, uh, uh, their idea, uh, you know, of a defensive stop is to, you know, is to inflict brain damage. And so, uh, you know, that, that's not my deal. And, uh, so, but I sure have incredible respect for those guys. And I watch them play and the skill level, the fitness level. I'm just always amazed at the guys who have the square muscles. Uh, that, you know, that bulge out of their uniforms and, and how fast they are and the hands that he used to catch and, and Tom Brady, what he does each and every year, just fantastic. And
0: I'm more, glad you brought Brady up because I'm curious, do you think NBA players will start playing until they're in their early to mid forties, like Tom Brady, who still is at the top of his game at his age?
1: I have never met anybody who voluntarily retired from basketball. The the only guy I met who who did that was Ernie Vandewa, Kiki's dad, who in those days when he played in the 50s, one of the founding fathers of the NBA as a player, you know, salaries were $5,000. And Ernie came from a well-to-do family. And so he he said, I'm not gonna do this for five thousand dollars. So he, you know, he became a doctor and married Miss America, who was the sister of one of his teammates on the Knicks and moved to moved to Los Angeles and lived in a mansion on the hill right across the street from UCLA. And so, but the, you know, Carl Malone didn't stop playing because he wanted to. John Stockton, Kareem, Vince Carter, these guys don't stop
0: because you want to, they stop so, because so- they can't play anymore lebron chris paul you could see those guys i mean they don't i hope so because they're sure fun to
1: watch you know and and, you know the 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 incredible opportunities and you know the the more money you make the more good things you can do in the world and so you know it's a great way and and the business of sport has changed completely did you ever watch that movie al davis and pete rosell that uh, yes that
0: that was yeah oh it's fantastic A
1: tremendous movie. And, uh, so uh, with Al Davis, I was spending a lot of time in the Bay area during the seventies and for a lot of different reasons. And I'd always go in and, and to Francesco's on uh, right near the Oakland airport and Al would be in there having lunch or dinner every time. And we would just sit and talk and just, uh, uh, dream and drift and go all over the place. And uh, he'd tell me everything that he knew. And I would try to tell him that, the few things that I knew and all the different experiences that we would have. And then John Madden would be there. And it was just a, a, a wonderful, wonderful time. So,
0: but now us- I'm
1: now I'm in, in today's game. I, I know more the owners. That's as opposed to the players and the coaches and, and the culture has changed in sports uh, because of the incredible success that David Stern has brought Across the board to all sports is that the, there's no longer the interaction with the fans. I mean the the the, the experiences that I had clinging on that fence watching the San Diego Charger legend that are that our you so still fantastic. get to do
0: that. You still can go to training camp practices. You, there are yeah. plenty of Cardinals mm-hmm. practices where you can go to in training camp and go sit in the stadium okay. and get okay. autographs after the game uh I, I do again i want to talk to you. ucla basketball i just want your thoughts on what you've seen you so to, far because I'm not, back, we're going to talk back, about that right? in a different podcast <laughs> no they're we different. can't this is the only podcast this is the only podcast the only dave Pash podcast that's going to run this is the only time you're on so let's get it in here <laughs> no, no
1: we don't need to do that
0: <laughs> so you're not going to answer the it's bad enough you want to answer my question about basketball during a basketball broadcast I do that all the time. That's all we do. <laughs> yeah, right. This is how a foot look. I look around
1: in your studio there, and you've got a countdown clock which shows it's that we've, the got a, we've got the a Cardinals minute thirty to go before the game starts. And so, let's just talk about the, the, the you, beauty of this game and how many wonderful people have played this game, football who have been able to create a world where someone like me could just get so much out of it. And, and and to be able to spend the time over the years with all the different guys who I've mentioned. And I just want to express, because at the beginning they gave me-
0: You did that already. You already think we covered that in the first- purpose.
1: But what they minutes. really gave me at the end was pride, loyalty, and gratitude. The satisfaction with the choice that I made to ride my bike up to Sunset Park, the loyalty that I developed with all my personal friendships with all these guys, and then the gratitude, the the respect, the admiration, appreciation, because I know these football players, man, they go through a lot. Their bodies
0: get destroyed. Well, you can relate. I mean, you you had a rough. I'm doing great. I know you're doing great great now. I'm talking about when you're playing. You know, you, you obviously went through a lot and you touched on that earlier. By the way, uh, we, we don't take- you got 45 seconds. You got 40 oh, yeah. seconds, uh, 10 <laughs> seconds, nine. <laughs> have you eaten any cupcakes lately and have they
1: been lit when you've eaten them? Yes, I do that regularly. I like my food hot. And at this year's Pac-12 Media Day in San Francisco on the rooftop high above the rest of downtown San Francisco, they had a great display of cupcakes. I lit all the candles and I ate- Way too many cupcakes that day. Oh, it was
0: fantastic. I Did could see by the clock your over mouth? your
1: shoulder that we're out of time. No, no the, hold on. the game is going to start. <laughs>
0: do, you, do you burn your mouth when you do that? Okay, because you've done it now several times. I can't times. tell. <laughs> well, it's true, your teeth aren't real so it's I'm, hard to know I'm, I'm. <laughs> all right i'll let you go i love, I um, love my teeth
1: i love being alive <laughs> i love football i have incredible respect for all these guys for what
0: they've done i mean these dudes are tough He's so you got, have nothing on the cardinals nothing on the 2021 nfl season nothing nothing on the buccaneers on aaron Rodgers, on the packers i'm working man. Cardinals, I, I, Ra- cardinals rams monday night football nothing on this game
1: when you got nothing What's today? What's today besides Larry Bird's birthday? And (laughs) and then it's sprinkled in San Diego today for the first time in memory.
0: So when I see you in Boulder, are you going to ignore me? I'm going to be high
1: in the Rockies looking for roaming buffalo who are stampeding stampeding for uh, fresh fields of green grass. That's what I'm going to be looking for.
0: Are you going to ignore me before tip off as usual, or since it's the first time I'm seeing you since March at the Pactual Tournament, will you at least acknowledge me?
1: What's your name?
0: <laughs> what are we
1: doing? What time does the game start?
0: Boulder,
1: the launching pad to the universe. Paul Horning. Oh my gosh. What a what a spiritual force of nature, Bart Starr! Oh my gosh!
0: Again, Jim these Buckley. are all players from like thirty years ago. All right, who okay. uh, cares? I I said when I started the, this that
1: they were the people who made me love football, and did I ever love football, man? And then to hear on the radio, you know, Ray Scott. He made me fall in love with football. It was absolutely incredible. All these guys. And then I got to work with all of them.
0: You did Dolly games with John. Ray Scott? Well, Kurt you Gowdy. Did you did games with them. You broadcast with Ray Scott? and I Kurt have Gowdy. yet to
1: broadcast a football game. That, that, that's what oh, I want. I know, want.
0: basketball. That's Roy one Scott. of my dreams. Well, hey, there's an invitation here. You want to come do a game with me sometime? Do a Cardinals game? What's come your for name? What's, season.
1: What's your name? <laughs> what, what,
0: what, Ron, you, so you so my analyst... analyst?
1: What do you, I is thought you were just a fan. I thought you were a <laughs> fan that had a podcast and just wanted to talk about football. And then I call, I call in here and we're already in overtime. Yep.
0: Yeah. Because you talk so long without even get a question. So Ron Wolfley is who I do the Cardinal games with. There are a lot of people that want to hear you and Ron Wolfley on a broadcast.
1: Oh, Wolf, Wolfie, let's go. There, Only if you pay- lead us in with werewolves of London.
0: <laughs> <Yeah. Howl. laughs> that can be arranged. That can so, be arranged. All right.
1: So I, as, a, as a young person, to hear the broadcasters that that have had such an impact on my life, I mean, Jack Buck and Hank Stram, w- their show was over
0: the top. Howard Do you know Co- Joe at all? Did you get to know Joe Buck at all?
1: I know Joe a little bit, yeah. Okay. But
0: I, 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 I knew Jack, I'm trying to, t- trying to tie this to the Cardinals. Jack and Joe both connected opposite to the, the St. Well, Louis Cardinals days.
1: Yeah, that was St. Louis. Is it still the same team when they even it's though the they're same in,
0: team, just a different name. St. Louis.
1: Yeah, yeah I've moved. been there. Yeah, I got thrown <laughs> off that show. too. <laughs> Nelson and Chris Schenkel. Oh wow. And then Dick Stockton. All these legends and and the 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 fact that that I've been able to develop uh, lifelong friendships with these guys and, and learn from them so much.
0: Yeah. All right. So we're going to do, we're going to somehow orchestrate you being a part of, of a Cardinals broadcast at some point. And it's probably preseason because in the regular season, you actually have to talk about the game and it's wow. radio. And it, I know you always say oh, that radio. when I'm doing TV, I'm doing ra- that it's not oh, it's radio. radio. It's well, radios a different medium. Right. So, you like – you, you, why don't we just put it on me. TV? Why don't we just put well, it on a YouTube well, channel? Pre- that's why I said preseason, it is TV. So there's a little okay. bit more room. For yeah, you so to... let's do it on TV. Then. All right, yeah, we'll yeah. do it on TV next year. All uh, right, we'll be, be in touch.
1: Now Brent is still doing the Raider games, right? He does the Raiders. Yes. Uh, you're looking live. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Brent's, Brent's job that he did in that Al Davis Pete Rosell movie just oh yeah, spectacular. Charlie Jones was instrumental in me uh, taking this plunge to be on this show. I would never have been on this show had it not been for Charlie Jones. Yeah, you're
0: talking yeah. about getting into broadcasting. Yeah, well,
1: Charlie, you know, he moved. He's from Arkansas, but he well, moved Dick to Enberg, City.
0: too. I, th- I thought you and Dick Enberg were really close when he was the UCLA games, and you were playing there.
1: Yeah, well, Dick was our Dick was our local broadcaster. Yeah, and then he went on to as great a career as anybody's ever had. But you can say that about Kurt Gowdy, about Brent Musburger, about a lot of these guys, and and so, but all, all these guys, you know, were were. Fabulously encouraging and supportive of me. And, and then I met you.
0: <laughs> and on that note, uh, <laughs> Bill, thank we're you into too. overtime
1: <laughs> football <laughs> Omaha 17 shift left. Huh, huh. You go long. Fake draw. <laughs> I'm running. Get out of the way. Stiff arm. Yeah. In your face.
0: Thank you, Bill. Hmm. What's your name again? So there you go, Bill Walton for about 50 minutes, talking most of those 50 minutes about football and the history of the game and a lot of the players that he grew up loving. And then also, uh, Will Chamberlain, that story was interesting, throwing a ball 90 yards underhand. Somehow, I think Bill's memory about that might have been clouded by an external factor. Uh, as they were hanging out together on a beach. I'm I'm just guessing. But also a, a very serious story that Bill told that I'd never heard before, just knowing Bill's injury history and how it cost him a good part of his career and how he went to law school at Stanford in between his career as an NBA MVP with the Blazers and then going back and winning a championship with the Celtics, and how the first time he ran. Was when he was playing football with his four sons out on the street. I'd never heard that before, uh, so that was that was interesting. And Bill is always entertaining. Hopefully, you enjoyed this edition of the Dave Pash Podcast. If you didn't, I apologize. We'll get back to football next week with. Chris Spielman and then in a couple of weeks you'll hear from former Cardinals Carson Palmer and Drew Stanton. We are presented by BetMGM, the official sports betting partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Gila River Hotels and Casinos. You can follow us on Twitter at PashPod. You can hear clips from previous podcasts and also there'll be news about upcoming guests. Thanks again to Hall of Famer Bill Walton and thanks to you for listening to the Dave Pash Podcast. Happy Everything Forever.